1: Tomorrow, two of MLS's best teams face off with Supporters' Shield implications, and elsewhere, two old rivals meet in a match of desperation. Here to preview Friday's big-time MLS doubleheader is my colleague, Jeff Reuter. From The Athletic, I'm Alex Abnos, and this is Soccer Everyday for Thursday, August 25th. One of the biggest doubleheaders of the MLS season takes place tomorrow night, and I have Jeff Reuter here with me to dissect both matches. Both of them really, really big ones. Jeff, first up, it's Austin FC hosting LAFC. These are two big teams that are both performing very, very well this season. What's on the line here in this regular season matchup, though? I think it's tough because there's still about eight games left, right? And so in theory, there's still a lot
2: to play for. But realistically, if Austin doesn't win this game, LAFC is locked up the West essentially barring like a truly catastrophic collapse, which I don't think that this roster has in it to the to the extent it would need to be right. Um, but also the supporter shield is pretty much clinched at that point. Like Philadelphia can still make a chase of it probably. Um, but it, the margins are just, it, it, they're so thick. We talk about the <laughs> margins so often in this sport, but let's talk about the thick margins for sure. a second here. Like there's just so much space that would need to be made up at this point. Um, where it really does look like, I mean, Philadelphia's played one more game than LAFC. They're six points behind, so they're kind of out of contention. Realistically, even if Austin wins, they would only be tied with Philadelphia, so it'd be the same sort of thing. So it's it's an attempt to keep LAFC from elevating to that whole, um, you know, recapturing the all-time single-season points record, which they lost last season with the New England Revolution's season. So um, legacy on the line to an extent. I think that. More realistically, this will be viewed as a chance for Austin to test itself against LAFC, see how playoff ready they are, see how they need to integrate um, you know, new players, but also just just get set up to um, contain a team that has as much talent as LAFC does have.
1: Well, it's interesting that both teams have so much talent and are doing so well this year. Not, It's not necessarily a surprise considering how much money and ambition that sort of both organizations organizations have shown, but it's surprising yeah. in the sense because neither of these teams made the playoffs last year. Uh, nice. Both were expected to do better, but didn't. Uh, granted, Austin FC was in their first season. Um, right. But to your eye, what's changed for this teams, For these teams uh, in the past year or so? With LAFC, obviously they had a new coach, a bunch nice. of new uh, additions, um, but why has that changed LAFC while In Austin's case, I'm particularly interested in because they've kept a lot of things basically the same. They are just getting better results. Like, what is behind that?
2: Right. Yeah. I think that for for both of them, what's also interesting is up until the summer window with LAFC, uh, both teams really focused on fortifying through interleague transactions, getting free agents in. Someone like Ethan Finley has been crucial for Austin FC just to get a different sort of I mean, probably vertical. I mean, look—it's Josh Wolf. He worked with Greg Berhalter for a long time. It's verticality. Sure. It's not another thing. It is still verticality all through and through. Um, but that has been crucial for them. Felipe Martins has played a really good role. Kind of a resurgence season for him after his career kind of fallen off a little bit. Um, defensively, Matt Beasley retired, and they brought in. Um, you know, fresh out of defenders who are able to to step in and maybe have been a little bit more consistent in front of Brad Stuger. Um, But for LAFC, I mean, we wrote about this when when I went out to L.A. in late April, and I think it came out in early May, Steve Rundelow's kind of balanced, measured philosophy and how that went counter to um, Bob Bradley at the end of his tenure is a lot of just kind of high-octane, go, 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 we're going to score our goals, and if we're defensively naive, so be it. I mean, last year, um, no team in the Western Conference had a better – Um, expected goal differential um, than LAFC, and they still missed the playoffs. And in fact, it wasn't even just that it was better. It was twice as good (laughs) as second-place Seattle. Like, it wasn't even close, and yet they couldn't keep games contained. So you bring in players like Helen Acosta, Ilya Sanchez, who's probably been their best player this season, um, in the midfield especially. um, But he's been incredibly just... It, it, like invaluable to them in terms of keeping games contained, being able to have someone like Kellen Acosta do the leg work because at this point of his career, Sanchez obviously needs to be a little less mobile or he is just generally less mobile. Yeah. Um, Mamadou fall was looking really good in the first half of the season. Now he's suddenly become a little bit of a kind of bench cycling player mm-hmm. as uh, Sergio Chiellini gets some more starts as well. But, um, Yeah, both of them look to the league to be able to get some more veteran presence and by and large, teams that are talented and bring in more MLS veterans to play key roles rather than going for TAM guys who've never played in MLS before seem to fare better, or at least the hit rate of those kinds of transactions is a lot better um, than that sort of mid-range, mid-salary foreign signing has been historically in Major League Soccer. Um, And so it's, it's two teams that have really just kind of followed similar playbooks, very different extents. Uh, Austin obviously has gone much more in the domestic lane in terms of where the, the high end of their transactions are. Maxia Rudy has also been fantastic for them being focused as more of a goal scorer than an all around forward. She was in Portland, and Houston, and then LAFC, of course, if you can bring in Gareth Bale and not even have to play him every week, uh, probably make that deal.
1: It's not, it's, it's not a bad deal. Uh, not too long ago, a couple of weeks ago, Uh, Right after they beat Charlotte 5-0, I talked with Sam Staskel on this show about LAFC, and I think one of my questions to him was something along the lines of, will they ever lose again? That turned out to be a very (laughs) stupid thing to ask. Uh, They lost 2-1 to uh, San Jose their last game out, and they also had a tough time getting past DC United at home since I talked to Sam uh, about LAFC. Ilya Sanchez, who you mentioned, is out uh, for this game against Austin Mm -hmm. because he got a red card in that loss to San Jose. So, is there any reason to worry now for LAFC fans? Is this is this uh, potentially the sign of like a, a little bit of adversity at a bad part of the season? Or is this just it a does. little blip?
2: I mean, it can be both. Because like a blip can turn into something much larger, but it doesn't look like the, more than a blip until the season's over, right? Sure. Like how many times do you see a team that's started? Like I think the greatest example of this was FC Dallas about four years ago. Um, when they looked like they were cruising to a supporter shield win and then they suffered a couple of bad losses in a row and they just couldn't get out of it. Fabian Castillo left the club and I think they ended up narrowly missing the playoffs ultimately and then that kind of started the, the nosedive that led to the taking over Lucia Gonzalez and then here we are today but, um, you know, with Nico Estevez of course. But for LAFC... I think there's just too much talent, like top end talent, right? Um, yeah. Top, 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 top players for the means. Um, like those kinds of players who can really carry games. Carlos Bailey can still carry a game in Major League Soccer. Gareth Bale can single handedly uh, force Justin Glad um, you know, into a very early retirement with a one man dribble, right? Like they have too much talent not to do well. Now, they do also have some other adversity with the whole Brian Rodriguez situation going on beyond the MLS transfer window closing, having to sort that situation out. Um, can add some unrest to a locker room. But really, the, the the biggest opponent left in the season, and this is no disrespect to Austin FC or any other team that will face them, but the biggest opponent that LAFC is going to have to face for the rest of the season is LAFC. It's going to be their own egos. It's going to be their own style of play. It's going to be the, the weight of the expectations that this is the team that not only is better than the 2019 side that set the single-season points record when Carlos Vela was setting all kinds of records every single week, but this is the team that's supposed to win MLS Cup. Make no mistake about it. Like every other team in the league is a challenger and LAFC is the favorite. It's like when in golf, when it used to be Tiger Woods versus the field, and that was every single tournament, that was the only bet worth placing. It's kind of like setting up like that now for LAFC. So there's a little bit of just it's adversity, but it's also pressure so far. They've looked like they can handle it again. Teams like DC and San Jose aren't really going to be matchup lit in this test for the playoffs by any stretch of the imagination. So Those are still results that you can kind of chalk off as being more of a fluke. But if these continue, if they can't get past Austin FC, especially on the weekend, you maybe start to worry a little bit more. But I'm not quite there yet with LFC.
0: This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear you can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
1: Of course, this isn't the only game on the slate Friday night. As I mentioned, it's double doubleheader and it's Portland Timbers hosting the Seattle Sounders. Of course, Jeff, these, <laughs> these games are always re- really, really fun, but... It's kind of interesting because I can't remember the last time we've had one of these games where one of those two teams, if not both of them, has not been challenging or expected to challenge for at least the top spot in the West or one of the top two spots in the West. That is extremely not the case right now. Uh, They are both out of the playoff spots. They're tied on 33 points. Both are, as I said, are below the playoff lane. But... Call me crazy, Jeff. Does that make this game maybe a oh, little yeah. bit better than 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 Seattle-Portland games of the past? I feel yeah. like there's a desperation element here that has been sorely lacking. It's a perfect until, way to put it. And point.
2: we're just a couple of sickos who want chaos anyway. So keep in mind that we're going to come at it from a different slate than anyone <laughs> yes. who lives in Washington or Oregon are going to. But um, I mean, sure. there, there's some fun. I mean, like statistically, it's tied. The series is tied right now in the MLS era, 17 to 17 to 7. On draws so there's also just kind of some great symmetry going on there Interesting. important um, like one in Seattle in July and that's the only matchup to date this season um in the regular season anyway and so I think that there is something that is kind of nice like you said it, it, they've always been in contention one of these two teams has been the representative for the Western Conference and MLS Cup since 2015 every single season the last time a different team outside of Cascadia that duo or that duo, not duo. That's a good word there. Um, <laughs> I like the two-o. last time a different team made a MLS Cup was the Galaxy in 2014. So it's, yeah, it's kind of refreshing. It, it brings a very different element to it. I liked what I saw from Seattle um, when they were playing against the Galaxy last weekend. It looked like they had a little bit more of that fight and spirit. The, the, the draw um, on the road probably did just a little bit more for them and their momentum than it did for the Galaxy. But yeah. Um, yeah i mean right now these are on the table anyway they're one point behind the white caps <laughs> which i don't think anyone would have predicted going into the season either um so i think it does add something that's just a little different there's there's probably going to be just some more necessary intensity for every single ball um yeah I, I think i'd be surprised if diego chara finishes the game on the field uh without a red guard it's just one of the it feels like one of those especially when you factor in the rivalry but um, yeah, I think that, that weirdly, you know, in a kind of perverse way, again, from a neutral perspective, I think it does make it entirely more watchable um, and and maybe less of a tactical stalemate that we've seen. Uh, maybe not as much last year, of course, because there's the six-two as well. But um, yeah. in many of the past like half decade, it, it sometimes it's been failed to live up to the moment in terms of just the on-field product.
1: Well, I absolutely can't wait for this one. I think it's going to be an amazing doubleheader. And now after talking to you, Jeff, I'm uh, informed and ready to go. Unfortunately, it's not (laughs) until tomorrow. So both those those games are uh, tomorrow at 8 p.m. for Austin FC versus Los Angeles FC and 10 p.m. Both these times are Eastern, by the way, for Portland versus Seattle. Both of those games are on ESPN, ESPN Deportes in the United States. Jeff, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Anytime. Before we go, a quick TV guide for today. As usual, all times are Eastern. There are a bunch of UEFA Europa League and Europa Conference League qualification slash playoff games happening, but none of them, as far as I can tell, are on TV in the United States. So the two I'll draw your attention to happen tonight. They are in Liga MX at 8.05 p.m. Pachuca playing Atlas. That will be on TUDN. and then at 10.05 p.m. Tijuana facing off against Santos Laguna. That will be on ESPN Deportes. This show is produced by Mike Zimmerman with help from John Hayes. You can get ad-free versions of the show by subscribing to The Athletic and listening in the app, just like I do. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening, and happy soccer to you all.